Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, good people? Good Tuesday afternoon here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. And for those who are listening on the podcast after this live show is over, if you're not here for this live show, what are you doing? It's great that you listen to us in post, but every Tuesday, 2.15 p.m., we are here, Eastern Standard Time, by the way. Myself, SP3, we're here to get your comments, your questions. Lots to dive into around a, a huge Monday Night Raw last night, and it was huge for one major reason. It's always great seeing John Cena back on television, man. We You got to take these moments because they are so few and far between anymore for the leader of C-Nation to come back and grace our TV screens. He was great last night from the opening all the way to the the, the, the close of the show. A um, lot of great segments. I was hoping they would center a lot of what that show was going to be around, around John Cena, and of course they should have. 20 years, WWE, big deal. Like I said, SB3, always great to see John Cena back on my TV screen, whether he's wrestling or not. And it's great to be back here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. I am here. It's been a long, long week, but I'm so glad to be back here with Rick to talk some wrestling, some WWE after a tremendous uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view, Forbidden Door weekend. It was a drag watching Monday Night Raw after seeing that great wrestling show, but I made it through, and I'm here. I'm here to discuss it. I'm here to discuss these. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was a bit of a chore to get through last night's show. Again, a lot of it was centered around Cena, but it was kind of like a I, victory lap. Not like the, it was like appreciation night, right? Like It was just like yeah. a huge appreciation night. We were wondering if it was really going to kind of set up anything for, for Cena. A lot of teases last night, but not really anything concrete as far as like a return to the ring for Cena, which was which was interesting. I think a lot of people were expecting that, but there were definitely moments where I I was felt myself drifting in and out. And I think that had a lot to do with a busy weekend. Obviously, Forbidden Door didn't get a lot of sleep Monday, uh, Sunday night into Monday or Monday morning period. Didn't get a whole lot of sleep that day. So it was a bit. Uh, of a challenge to get through the show last night. And again, I don't know how much that is of that is WWE's fault or whether or not it was just a long weekend or a combination of both, really, to be honest with you. I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't see not one single great match on Monday Night Raw. There was some good stuff, some good matches. Montez Ford versus Jay, uh, Jay Uso. There was parts of the Battle Royal that was fun. Uh, the elimination match was pretty good up until the finish, and yeah, there was some there was some good some pretty good wrestling on. What Monday what, what did you not like about the finish of the elimination match? Um, the referee basically yelling out instructions like this to do drop and Becky go on the top rope. <laughs> you didn't hear you didn't hear that. I missed that. I no. I literally, I literally wanted to tag Matthew of Botchamania. Like, you talk too much. You never <laughs> shut up. I said, you talk too much. 
Oh, uh, so uh, I guess he was shouting out the the get home, the go home instructions a little too loud last night. I did I did think that that was uh obviously a good showing for Becky Lynch as she finally qualifies for Money in the Bank. I did think that was a good showing for Dewdrop last night. Um, I'd like to see her get a little bit more opportunity to kind of showcase what she can do. She's another one of these talents that they just haven't really kind of put their backing behind a number of which are in the money in the bank contract. So some of them will have a chance to kind of, kind of change their, uh, their star, shall we say this uh, coming Saturday, still weird that money in the bank uh, is on Saturday this year, but I'm loving it, which means I may not be so damn exhausted uh, come uh, Monday morning. When I go back to the work week, we got a lot to get into first things first, got to thank our partners over at bet online, the continued number one source, for all your betting needs and sports information, get all the latest odds, news, developments, including this year's Wimbledon finals, Major League Baseball still going on for other cities other than Cincinnati, uh, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. It is all there. Go to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Look, guys, I know your phone's in your hand right now anyway. Just do it. Go to uh, the, the Bet Online app. Use our promo code BELIEVE to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first one. That's 50% B-L-E-A-V, bet online where the game starts. And SP3, we will start as everybody is already hitting up the chat. Make sure to get your questions in, guys. Hello to Queen and Chase and Safet and Bone Daddy. Uh, you know, appreciate everybody. I did love last night how they kind of opened up as he as he, you know, talks about Cena and Miz. It it there was really no kind of, of blending at all last night. There was no heel. There was, it was just all love, all appreciation for, for John Cena. I thought that that opening segment where he was going through uh, and just giving everybody high fives and hugs, whether he had rivalries with him or not. I thought Dolph Ziggler was great. Like I want to, I don't want to give you a hug, but even I got to appreciate John Cena. I thought it was an opening up and, and look, as far as uh showing of love and appreciation for John Cena, I thought last night was great for him. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, I'm a huge John Cena fan. I literally, my AIM, my AIM username was JCenaKB8 for John Cena and Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. You're dating yourself. Yes, I was a huge fan of both of them. I had the Word Life DVD in 2003. I was uh, as a sophomore in high school. I was like, you know, this John Cena kid, he's gonna be the man one day. And I literally have friends that I still do, like, still hang out with and do content with that were big, like Batista fans. And I remember the day after WrestleMania 21 with them being like, yeah, Batista's gonna be the man. He's gonna be the man of WWE. I was like, nah, my man John Cena's WWE champion gonna rise to the top. His time is now. And I was the one that was right. I just want to point that out. All Look what you started like, here in the chat. Look what you started here. What is AIM uh, from, from Queen? Um, America Online Instant Messenger. Like, I I love when I say this because I had the same conversation with another great content creator, uh, Jared Bailey. Of uh, uh, <laughs> he, he is very young as well, and he didn't know what an AIM was. But I am here to educate people. Before Facebook Messenger, there was AIM. I was going to say, Queen, think of what Facebook Messenger is now. That's what AOL Instant Messaging was back then. Uh, except you had to do what we call a, a dial-up uh, to get into it. Uh, that is the one sound that will divide generations. All right, if you don't know what the dial-up, as Bone Daddy says, AOL, LOL. I love where this show can just go. 
If, if you don't know what the dial-up sound is, that's just what separates generations. That was the bane of our existence. There was nothing worse back in the day to sit through that 30-second dial-up sound and then for your connection to drop. Like, literally, to even get online, we had to say a small prayer just to make sure that we could log in. Then it was so damn slow. Like, even just opening up websites, like, pictures would just drip out. You know, like, it wouldn't even, like, open up completely. Now we're diving back into the early days of the Internet. It, it, there was nothing like this. Nothing no. like this. The, the, the stream. You would never be able to do the streams like this. Back in those days, man, you have you would have issues with big pictures on websites <laughs> most of the time. It's amazing where we've come in uh, in our lives. Uh, Chase saying my AIM username was Batista Bomb. If memory serves me correct, I think I think mine was Sonic N64 or something like that. Like that's how far back I go. I'm talking about N64 uh, for back when I used to play. Uh, video games uh one of the things that i'm getting back uh, on topic here is we've completely gotten off the rails now one of the things that i loved about last night was not just the fact that they you know were congratulating john cena but just that they were allowed you know to to come back onto to wwe tv and send in those videos chris jericho brian danielson paul white you know they they open up the forbidden board forbidden door and they uh they sent their congratulations to john cena last night i think a lot of people online, I think a lot of people in the wrestling community, particularly those online, love to live in the the tribalism. And it's like, guys, you do realize that a lot of these guys are, are friends and have you know love and respect for one another. And yeah, they're going to sit there and say, oh, our company is best and I'm the best and this, that and the other thing. It's great to see people of this caliber kind of put the ego aside, put the WWE versus AEW stuff aside and just celebrate a guy who's meant so much to the business as a whole, even though he's been all WWE for 20 years now. Yeah, I think the cherry on top of this would have been if CM Punk could have sent in a video message as well. Yeah, that would uh, be great one of the great rivals, but I love the fact that they were able to do this and that Tony Khan was able to, you know, give the okay to get this done because this added a little something to this show. And it's probably the most noteworthy thing from this show and from the Cena celebration, because, you know, you didn't get any definitive answers of what's next for John Cena inside a WWE ring. So this is probably the most noteworthy thing about this 20 year celebration is the fact that Chris Jericho got to say, you know, John Cena is one of his favorite opponents of all time. Brian Danielson, who was pretty much his brother-in-law for a couple of years there, got to say, you know, congratulations to him. Paul White, who was responsible for really taking Cena to that next level with those attitude adjustments or FUs on Big Show back at WrestleMania 20 and in front of the, you know, the troops at uh, tribute to the troops those type of things those type of guys being involved in this celebration actually added to you know the gravitas of how special 20 years in the wwe for john cena yeah and as you said look we we got a lot of teases last night we got a little bit of john cena mixing up with this person i thought seth rollins coming in laughing his theme song was was hilarious then he just opens up and says hey remember that one time i broke your nose uh you know rollins just continues deliver whatever the hell it is he's going to do that was great we all knew something was going to happen between theory and and john cena and it did cena didn't say a damn word the theory had his entire thing and then he tried to get a selfie and cena just you know effed off and that was it like there was no there was no attack there was no setup there was no 
nothing. And that kind of leads the, the the question of, okay, we thought Cena was coming in to maybe possibly set something up for, for SummerSlam or something further down the line. Didn't really get any of that. Do we think we're going to see John Cena inside a ring performing anytime soon? Do we still get the feeling that he might be at SummerSlam this year? Um, I think maybe he said these things like, you know, he doesn't know when his uh, next match is going to be to add some mystery to if he's going to have a match at SummerSlam. But um, I mean, I would I'm going to pray that he's at SummerSlam because it adds a lot to the SummerSlam card with him being involved, even though I think they've done a good job of teasing certain things or starting to build up for, you know, Brock and Roman, uh, McAfee and Corbin. Uh, so they, they started some things. Of course, we we all believe it's going to be Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch in some place at SummerSlam as well. So John Cena being on that card adds a lot to it especially with you know the changes to what happened to the top of the program with Brock and Roman but um no it sounded if you if you take him at face value it sounded like you know he's a very successful outside of a wrestling ring in Hollywood Peacemaker is one of the best shows I've seen on television in the past year uh so funny so hilarious and he was great in that he's got movie roles so maybe if you take him as at, at genuine face value it doesn't sound like we're gonna see John Cena that soon which sucks because I think, you know, they're already in the situation where they've had to uh, hit the emergency button and pull in Brock Lesnar. It would be nice to have John Cena to kind of like fill, help kind of fill out that role there a little bit and maybe do what, you know, he, he's done recently and help build some up some, some younger people. I know everybody talks about Cena always going over the guys, big guys in the end, but you can still book people in a way that just putting them with John Cena all of a sudden kind of elevates them. And that's what WWE really needs. They need help elevating the, the rest of the roster because even those who have lost to, to Roman Reigns really haven't been elevated uh, a whole lot recently. So I, I would love to see John Cena in theory, honestly, at, at SummerSlam. And I would, even though I would love to see John Cena win because that would keep John Cena around and doing that United States Open Challenge, I think that would be a great way to kind of showcase some other people People like Montez Ford, who who got the rub from John Cena last night. I would love to see that personally, but I don't know. Um, I would just say uh, I saw people like, oh, I really like that backstage segment with Theory and Cena. I didn't. It honestly just made me feel like if this is what Cena's coming back for, uh, <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. I didn't, like, I didn't, dude, I didn't I, now don't get me wrong. I didn't say I like the backstage segment. I said, I would like to see those two wrestle. No, 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 no. I get, I get that. But I'm just saying, theory just feels so beneath Cena at this point. Like it feels like a, a very much of, you know, you had Cena come back last year with that generational pop at money in the bank and then have a great match with Roman Reigns in the main event of SummerSlam and now he's coming back to verse the selfie guy like that's how it felt though that whole interaction between them I didn't feel any type of like great chemistry that made me want to see them have a mat no I didn't get any of that I didn't, I didn't get just, any but, of that either I didn't get yeah, any of that either but that doesn't mean I don't want to actually see them attempt to to do this because this is exactly the kind of stuff that they should be booking Cena in Unless he's going to come back to wrestle like 
Edge, and this is a conversation we'll get into, unless he's coming back for one more match with Edge, these are the people I want to see Cena with to help get them out of that mindset. Like I said, there's nobody who's really like excited, like, oh God, are they really going to be putting Cena with Theory? I would hope that that could help change some people's minds on Theory and get him out of that mindset of, oh, he's just the selfie guy. Because right now, yes, I do agree with you. I think bottom line, if you look at how people are positioned now, a lot of people are going to look beneath John Cena, who are not in the the main event uh, picture for for WWE. I mean, he's going to come back and they're like, oh, well, he should face Seth Rollins or he should face Cody Rhodes or he should face Brock Lesnar. Obviously, yes. But I mean, like I said, you, you can help raise the status level of some other people like theory. I'll be honest, it might be because I reviewed the show. I thought of like three people from NXT 2.0. I want to see him verse more than Theory. I'd rather him verse Solo Sokoa, rather him verse Braun Breaker, definitely rather him verse Carmelo Hayes than Theory. Honestly, on any of those matches sound one thousand percent better. And I'm a fan of Theory. Theory's the first guy that I ever interviewed in wrestling media. So don't get me, don't, I'm not saying this as someone who's down on theory or is not a fan of theory. I actually really like theory, but how they've presented him does not feel worthy of John Cena. And I'm hoping that a, a you know, kind of like, again, a buildup with Cena would help change that perception for yourself. And a lot of people and change how they had presented theory. Hypnosis bro says he would rather see John versus Seth uh, again. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chase says that Cena and Hayes has more of a big time feel to it. Let's see how, let's see how Carmelo's presented on the main roster as well. Cause that is something that's going to give me some pause uh, with that. I, hopefully they just, you know, take him straight from NXT and do exactly what he's been doing there. But we know that is not always what ends up happening on the main roster. So you got to take a, uh, a deep breath. Uh, on that one, Chase saying that uh, Theory and uh, Cena should be a Raw match. And maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see how Theory does this weekend against Bobby Lashley. I have a feeling he's going to win. But maybe he's not. Maybe that's why they, maybe they're putting the United States title on Lashley to do Lashley and Cena at SummerSlam. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then again, it's WWE and not makes a whole lot of sense. Let's let's turn the focus away here from, from Cena's future. And let's look back at Cena's past for a quick second let's celebrate 20 years of the 16-time world champion it's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network this might be one of those questions sp3 where there's not a wrong answer maybe there's a wrong answer but there may not be a right answer i'll say that much we could talk about great matches we could talk about obvious hall of fame career But you can't have a Hall of Fame career. You can't have a great good guy, right, without great bad guys, without great opponents. Batman ain't shit without the Joker, the Riddler, the Penguin, and so on. Who's John Cena's greatest rival of all time, SP3? Greatest rival of all time. I've always stood by this, and there are people that have challenged for it. Now, I know there's people that will immediately see this question and they'll think Randy Orton because they versed each other so many times. Yes. But with versing each other so many times, it's like a three point shooter who takes 20 shots and only <laughs> makes two of them. 
are they really a three-point shooter or did they just make two threes that's Heads, what the two three, or the two threes clutch that's the question no because i would say that their first match was they made that first three they were one for one and then they just kept going kept shooting that's how cena and orton was i feel like their best match is their first match at SummerSlam 2007 i felt breaking point 2009 was great but other than that they don't have many great matches together so i can't say them due to the quality of their overall work I think Cena's greatest rival, it comes down to two guys. I would say the dark horse, if you, but outside of these two guys, would be someone like The Rock because of how important that rivalry was to broadening the spectrum of John Cena fans and elevating him to an even further level when most people thought he couldn't even go a further level than he already was. But it really comes down to Edge versus cm punk and who do you value more what rivalry do you value more but i would say the cm punk john cena rivalry did more for cm punk than it did john cena so i would say the answer to this question is edge because at a time that both guys needed that career rival they elevated each other to the top heel and the top babyface in wwe and in all of wrestling at that time in 2006 you don't you'll never forget when edge cashed in money in the bank for the first time on john cena and kicked off their rivalry you you don't forget and it's often brought up edge going to john cena's home and slapping his father in the face the live sex celebration that cena came out and interrupted their match in boston in cena's hometown at SummerSlam 2006 the classic TLC match in Edge's hometown of Toronto at Unforgiven 2006, the TLC match. Like these are memorable moments people don't are not able to forget. And then it's a wide range of matches, but they have so many good to great matches in that wide range of matches. Like even their one of their last matches together at Backlash 2009, the last man standing match, that is fantastic as well. So and Edge think, went over in that situation. Ex- exactly. I think the quality of their matches, the moments they created to each other, and what it did for both men's career, it has to be Edge. Yeah, WWE did the right thing with that feud and really they what what they didn't do with a lot of John Cena's feuds. It was great, but it was really only a, over a stretch of a couple of years. You talk about Cena and Orton fighting forever. Really again, it was Cena and Edge for for off and on for 3 years. And every single time almost every single time I would say the match was spectacular cuz these two just had tremendous chemistry with one another and so many memorable moments you brought up uh you know slapping his dad chase says when edge slaps seen his dad uh little kid chase wanted to throw hands with edge like and, and i get that um scene i'll never forget cena tossing edge into the long island sound uh another fantastic moment in that and yeah you you kind of stole my thunder uh you know because i thought maybe you might go with with randy orton but i do agree with you i think a lot of people tend to look at the amount of times that they fought the amount of big matches that they had with one another. And they tend to just go, well, obviously that that's gotta be his, his top rival of all time. And Orton and Cena might feel differently than, than we do uh, about that and put themselves as their top rivals. 
but I, I just I just can't do it as far as memorable moments, as far as quality, again, quality over quantity in this situation. I think it has to be edge as well. CM Punk. Yes, that was spectacular. Summer of Punk. Gorgeous. Loved it. I would say another dark horse, a name that we haven't mentioned yet, and maybe more in-ring chemistry with John Cena than Edge was AJ Styles. I I was I was thinking him as well. I was thinking I, him as well. Like one of the questions we were considering putting in this uh, uh, five count today would be greatest match of all time. John Cena's greatest match. That might be AJ Styles and John Cena at the Royal Rumble in 2017. Like that. Yeah. That to me is is John Cena's best match of all time. It might be my favorite match of all time. I just could not get more. I was on my chair the entire time, every near fall, every falsy, them using each other's moves. It was art at its best. That was professional wrestling at its best to me in 2017. Fantastic. I mean, just from a sheer in-ring chemistry, AJ Styles has to get some consideration. But to me, man, it's 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 got to be Edge. I don't think there's anybody better. And I would love to see them throw down one more time. WrestleMania in Hollywood. I mentioned this on the show yesterday with uh, with Graham. Why not? Give me Cena and Edge one last time in Hollywood at WrestleMania. If you can put Cena and Edge on the same card as Roman and Rock, come on, man, just do it. Why the hell not? Make it the biggest freaking WrestleMania ever at this point. I would love uh, to see them do that one more time um focusing on the now we've talked about the future we talked about the past focusing on the the right now because i saw somebody put this out i believe it was gorilla position uh a news outlet overseas over in the uk and your your side of the world right now sp3 who put this out there echoing a lot of the same sentiments that we did it was great seeing john back last night you see how big of a star he is 20 years all that good stuff but at the same time he said the only negative here is it really kind of shines a light on the biggest problem with WWE in the fact that it showcases and shines a light on that there's not as many people over as John Cena is. Now that's that's not saying much because John Cena is so damn over. He's one of these guys in the that Mount Rushmore category, right? I say category because it's impossible to actually narrow it down, especially when you compare uh um decades and, and things of that nature and generations of, of professional wrestling and eras of professional wrestling. It's almost impossible to answer, but I'll ask the question since they put it out there in a statement, the Cena returning every now and again, sold out raw last night, probably popped the rating as well. We'll see when those come out. That's all well and good, but in what follows afterwards, we're seen as not on the screen anymore. Does it do more harm than good when John kind of comes in and still outshines everybody on the main roster? Oh, man. I mean, this is a an ongoing question that we had even had during the John Cena era when he was still around and still active that there were guys like, you know, Triple H who was a part-timer, The Undertaker that was a part-timer, Brock Lesnar at that time was a part-timer, and they devoted so much to nostalgia, they forget about the current stars. Yes. And, yeah, in a way, it, does, it, it doesn't do harm it doesn't do more harm than good. I wouldn't go that route, but it just it just shines a light on WWE's lack of ability to 
not create or elevate their current stars. They right. have this has been an issue for well over 10 years. It's 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 been an ongoing issue that WWE has in the John Cena era. I would say the John Cena era did more harm than good for WWE because the John Cena era took us back to the 80s from what what was what was before the John Cena era was ruthless aggression when you had multiple different guys that could get into the main event scene and they didn't elevate just one guy they yes. had Kurt Angle they had The Undertaker they had Chris Benoit they had Eddie Guerrero they got Brock Lesnar they didn't elevate just one guy and then even more than that the attitude era yes you had your Rock and your Austin but you also had your Angles you also had your Triple H's you also had your Foley's you always had your undertakers you had so many different guys that they can put into that main event scene be the wwe champion and you know kind of galvanize the whole roster and elevate people that even if they're working with that are underneath it felt more important when they're feuding with those guys but the john cena era took us back to the 80s of hulk hogan is greater than everybody else they made that John Cena is greater than everybody else. Cena wins, LOL. And they haven't reverted from that. Even when John Cena was winding down his career, they just chose another guy to say, Roman Reigns is greater than everybody else. And now it's finally working where Roman Reigns does feel like he's everybody well, everybody else, better than everybody else after six years of trying, but it doesn't do a lot of good to the overall, you know, presenting of Mega Star. Yeah, and that's and again, that's that's the issue here. I'm not gonna say that Cena Cena, you know, does harm because it's it's not him. It's it's all WWE's booking. And I and at this point, I don't even think it's it's the lack of ability. I because I think the audience is smart enough and they know and they see the talent nowadays. It's just I don't think WWE wants to create a star as big as John Cena or you know, have multiple people on that level, which is strangely weird to me. Like I, I kind of get the argument of nobody's bigger than the company and we're WWE and WWE is the star. We're all superstars, but man, at a certain point, you got to start booking people to the, the, to that level. You got to start putting some faith behind them, or you're going to turn everybody into Shinsuke Nakamura. I love Shinsuke Nakamura. But he is so far away from what he was held in NXT, but where he was, this is a former IWGP heavyweight champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. This is one of the best professional wrestlers in the world, and they have absolutely neutered him on the main roster. Like, they just do this with practically everybody. And yeah, I actually like John Cena coming back because I hope that it finally clicks in WWE's brain that they have a problem when they do, when they do bring him back. It's great that they that he sold out last night. It's great that they're going to pop a rating. It's great to get more eyes on the product. But you got people there that you can elevate to a certain point. And I think you do have future stars on the roster. The talent is there. This is all on WWE to actually turn into Steve Kerr. I have used this analogy before on this show. It's great to have stars, but that doesn't mean you can win with them. Vince McMahon is not Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr can win with stars. Vince McMahon has not been able to win with stars. He can't get these people in the proper position because he thinks he knows better and he does a lot of unnecessary tweaks. And we've talked about that ad nauseum. John Cena does not do harm at all, honestly. I think it obviously you look at the report from Fightful Select, it boosts morale. 
right? When he's there, people love him backstage. He's always there. He watches every match. He's there to give advice. Having John Cena around does a lot of good. The Any harm that comes out of that is all WWE's doing, and it's on them to fix it. One of the things that uh, did come out of uh, last night is we, or actually the last couple of nights, uh, both Raw and SmackDown, we had three other people qualify for Money in the Bank. Last week, we did Pretender or Contender with the uh, stars that we knew were in the match at the time. I believe it was about eight or nine of them. We've had three more that have entered the fray. Not going to waste time on two of them. Becky Lynch is a contender. Shotzi's a pretender. Not a whole lot of time to really needs to be spent talking about those two. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Shotzi, but there ain't no way in hell she's winning money in the bank. Riddle, on the other hand, who won what I thought was a a pretty good uh, battle royal, some concerning booking in that battle royal, if you're a fan of Mustafa Ali or Tommaso Ciampa or anybody like that. But I thought it was a fun battle royal for most battle royal sucking, but I thought that was a fun battle royal last night. Riddle ends up getting the win over the Miz. It's still mind-boggling to me that AJ Styles isn't in this match, this Money in the Bank match uh, this weekend. Maybe he finds a way in there. We still got an open spot left, but the belief is it's going to be either Kevin Owens or uh, Ezekiel. But let's focus on Riddle here. He wins the last chance qualifier last night. He's not allowed to challenge Roman Reigns after losing his match for the WWE Universal Championship. But there's always a loophole, SP3. If he gets his hand on the Money in the Bank briefcase, he has that opportunity again. Is Riddle a contender or a pretender this weekend for you? 100% he's a contender. I think that like I I've, I gave you credit for your Sami Zayn idea, and for that, I want it to happen because I want Rick to have that stamp of approval from WWE that they like the, the story. The first, the first two legs of the prophecy have been completed. The first exactly. two legs are there. Exactly. So I want that to happen. But Riddle is 100% a contender because you have the whole story that writes itself with how he lost to Roman, took Roman to the limit at that great near fall on the RKO. And people all said that they loved that match and they wanted to see it again. But because of the stipulation that they uh, set forth before the match, that was really not needed unless you're doing this. Unless you're doing this, that simulation before that match makes no sense. But if Riddle wins money in the bank and he has the contract as the loophole to overcome that stipulation, it makes all the sense of the world. So, of course, Riddle is a contender. For me, it's not so much a slam dunk as you are as far as contender, because I could look at WWE going, okay, we kind of gave Riddle that shot, but we need somebody who's really talented and is going to do some awesome stuff to kind of put him in this match. So let's go ahead and get Riddle on the card and put him there. But there is that part of me who thinks that, you know, maybe he opened up some eyes, right? Like he he's always been really, really talented. He's been putting on some banger matches and obviously Vince McMahon likes him, but I don't know in Vince's eyes if Riddle had kind of reached that point where he's like, yeah, we got a future world champion on our hands. Maybe with that match with with Roman Reigns a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown, he had finally put him there. Um, I don't think it's as big of a slam dunk as you are uh, with some other people in that match, but I will go ahead and say that the possibility is definitely there. I could see Riddle winning this match. I think he is a contender. I wouldn't put him as a favorite right now. As a matter of fact, I think Sami Zayn would probably be my favorite at this point, just because that storyline that they 
already laid out with him wanting to protect Roman Reigns, that sells itself. I think that is the one that makes the most sense, and I would put him as the the overall favorite right now. But yeah, I think you would be insane to sit here and say that Riddle is does not at least have a chance uh, of winning that match. And that's the, the point of contender or pretender. I think Riddle absolutely has an opportunity uh, to win uh, that match. And it seems like the uh, the chat uh, agrees. Chase says absolutely a contender uh, for Riddle. Now, we got to see Cody Rhodes last night. That was nice. Don't always get to see people who are injured uh, when on WWE TV. They don't tend to keep him on there last night. Uh, he gave a little update on his rehab now three weeks in. Said something interesting uh, last night, or at least I thought it was interesting. Said that this year's Money in the Bank ladder match, the participants are among the most talented in history, and he is uh, a bit peeved that he is not going to get to take part in that match. Do you agree or disagree, SP3? Is that Cody Rhodes' real feelings, or was that uh, just what was in the script to try to sell the match this weekend? Do you agree or disagree? that the men's money in the bank participants are among the most talented in the history of this match. Well, you asked two different questions there. You asked, do I believe that Cody believes what he said? And it wasn't just <laughs> in the script. No, I, I definitely think Cody believes that, but I disagree. This is not the most talented in the history of the matchup. Like the, he said among the, the most, he said, uh, the, uh, among. no, it's not among, it's not among <laughs> the most talented because first of all, most of these guys were in last year's money in the men's money in the bank ladder match, which I feel is, Probably the best lineup that they ever had with Riddle, Ricochet, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, Johnny Drip Drip, Drew McIntyre. Like that, that's a, a, a beast of a lineup. And yes. everybody was raving about that lineup going in. And then Big E wins, and it had the perfect winner as well. It's one of the best Money in the Bank ladder matches of all time and one of the most talented. The first Money in the Bank ladder match with Shelton Benjamin, Edge, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Christian, Kane. Like that is a star studded uh, assemble of talent. WrestleMania 23 with rated RKO, with the Hardys, with Booker T, with Finley, with CM Punk, with Mr. Kennedy. That's one of the best lineups of all time. I can name about 10 before I even get to this lineup because you have Omos that brings the town the talent. I know. He and that's the thing. The like, talent. did you did you notice like he's running down all the lineup that he knew beforehand when he recorded that? And like he gets to Omos and he's just like, he's seven foot three. Well, that's like all <laughs> he, was like, he was like, yes, he's an experience, but he's seven foot three. Oh man, for me, and maybe it just is like kind of like a, a soft spot, you know, in my heart because of who won. I look at the 2016 Money in the Bank ladder match: Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and I'm not going to mention the other guy. Uh, but you know, like I, to me, that one was was great. Uh, I I love the talent there, and I do love the talent in in this match. You know, the, obviously, uh, the obvious excluded in this one. But I look at it and I go. They could have put together a bit of a better lineup for this. Like of the people that you had available to you, I would love to see Finn Balor in this match. I would love to see uh, AJ Styles. I brought him up earlier. I'd love to see AJ Styles uh, in this match. I'd love to see Montez Ford in this match. There's a number of dudes that I would think could make for a better ladder match. Again, I look at the talent in this match and I'm going, 
I don't know how these guys combine to make a good ladder match, if, if that makes sense. I know Rollins can perform. I know Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre uh, can beat the holy hell out of each other, and it's always entertaining when they do. I don't know what the hell Omos brings to the table. Riddle's always a ball of energy. Who else am I forgetting that's in this uh, this matchup right Zane. now? And Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn, yeah. So it's like collectively, separately, you know, you can see what they bring to the table. I don't know what they add. This match desperately needs Kevin Owens, right? Like it desperately, desperately needs Kevin Owens. I know that was supposed to be the final qualifier last night. For some reason, it got moved. Kevin Owens says he just didn't want to go to the state of Texas, state of Texas last night. So hats off to him for for keeping a kayfabe on that one. Uh, just a really good comeback on on Twitter. But man, if they put Ezekiel in here, oof! I know he's the one who's been talking about it. Like I feel like Kevin Owens adds a lot to this because at least we know we're gonna get KO going balls to the walls, getting on something high and jumping through something hard, right? Like I feel like that adds a lot to this. I gotta disagree with Cody though. I think there are there are better combinations that they could have done for this. I would have loved to have seen Edge in this, like Edge and Finn Balor after that whole attack. If they had you know actually like planned things out or had timed out better, would have been great to put them in there. Like seriously, what are we doing with Judgment Day to the fact that we now just got them? Fighting over Dominic with Rey Mysterio. Like, did you see Dominic in that, like, Battle Royal? He got lost, like, four damn times. Like, we I don't like to go negative, but we could spend a whole hour talking about, you know, Dominic Mysterio and, and, and his prospects and whether or not he'd be in the situation that he's in if his last name wasn't Mysterio. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I mean, he, he needs a lot of work and for judgment day to be sitting there saying, Hey, we want that guy. That doesn't give me a whole lot of hope, uh, from, from what they got going on with judgment day. They should be wanting to challenge for the money in the bag briefcase. They should be wanting to do that. They should be going after bigger things. What are we doing with AJ styles brought him up several times. Now we'd rather have him feud with the Miz instead of being in the money in the bank ladder match. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I got to disagree with Cody on this because there's so many better combinations and and some other talent i would like to see in this match before guys like omas just just my thought process on that uh i brought him up several times before uh they got the rub last night from john cena the whole never give up say which i thought was one of the better ones one of the cuter ones that they did with cena backstage but the thought has crossed my mind they haven't beaten the usos they brought that up what happens if they are unsuccessful again and i think Part of the issue with the Street Profits is they're in a tag team division that is, you know, been basically the same teams. And we've been watching them wrestle the same teams over and over and the same people over and over again for, for three years at this point. What should be next for the Street Profits if they don't win the tag team titles on Saturday, SP? Um, well, I mean, that I I what should be next is Montez Ford going on his own and getting a push because this guy looks like a main eventer. He works like a main eventer. He's got the charisma of a main eventer. I would love to see him in the intercontinental title scene or the U.S. Yes. title scene. I think I think it, Montez Ford is another guy I'd rather see John Cena face than Theory. <laughs> I but if you want to have a very young, uh, you know, up and coming type U.S. title division, why not Montez Ford versus yes. Theory? For, for the u.s title that would be a lot of fun but uh yeah i think i think but what do i think will be next for the street profits they'll probably versus the usos at summerslam 
Probably again. Yeah. They'll, they'll just keep that going or they'll, they'll just toil around backstage and try to sell merchandise, you know, like they've done with them in the past. Um, and it's, I agree with you, man. Like, I think it's time we start, we start the process of pushing Montez forward. Cause I think he's ready. I think he's been long ready and clearly he's been getting ready because dude has been buffing up. I think like, Again, I can't uh, I can't confirm this, but my speculation is somebody backstage said, hey, look, you're great. Can you beef up for the old man just a little bit? <laughs> right. Can you beef it up, add on some weight? So the old man goes, yes, that's a main event star. Damn it. And we can push Montez forward. I mean, the dude got to the point where his trunks didn't fit anymore. Like they, they were falling around his ass as he was jumping off the top rope because he had too many steaks and chops, chops on him. Um, but the guy's got everything, man. He is a five tool player. He's got the athleticism. He's, he's got the charisma. We know he can talk. He's got some character to him. He's hilarious. You know, I've talked to him on multiple occasions, just talking with the man. He's as uh, hilarious. He's infectious. He's got everything you want. Can we start giving him some nuggets elsewhere? Like, I don't even think you got to break up the street profits. I mean, I remember back in a day where you had, you know, Billy Gunn and, and the road dog who both held singles championships, even though they were in a tag team. Why can't we do that with the street profits? If they can't beat the Usos, have their, have their quest for gold go elsewhere. I think theory and Montez Ford would be a great United States championship rivalry. I'd love to see Montez get his shot at guys like Finn Balor. And maybe that might be a way they go. They keep the Street Profits, you know, fresh by having him feud with Judgment Day or something like that. Maybe they could try to recruit Montez because they see something in him. That would make more sense than them going after Dominic Mysterio. I re Speaking of anniversaries, right? We're talking about 20, 20 years since John Cena. You know what else? 20 years ago on July 1st. Do you know what happened 20 years ago this July 1st? Seven, Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker. Eight. Oh, Ladder match, Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker. Can we just give him some opportunities like that? You remember when he wrestled Roman, how that felt like such a big opportunity? And maybe that was the start. That was like right before the draft. He wrestled Roman in that main event. And everybody was like, oh, my God, they might break up the Street Profits and finally push Montez. We're closing in on a year out from that, and they still haven't done that. That felt like a little bit of a nibble. I wish they would do more of that kind of stuff today. And and utilize their mid card championships better, and you and you know have Roman smashed everybody in the main event scene. So why not have him go against some lower level guys, and again try to elevate some people up, like they did with Taker and Cena. Even just because you're going to lose to a guy doesn't mean you're buried or you're or it was bad booking. You can still elevate yourself in a loss. We saw that with Jey Uso for a little bit until he just kind of fell back down to being a tag team competitor when Jimmy came back, but seen bits or pieces of that there i'd love to see them start doing that kind of stuff more with guys like montez ford i would love to see they, them do that they don't know how to do that anymore rick they stopped doing that like we we can't ask them to do stuff that they have proven they don't know how to do anymore or they don't want like all all these guys that have versus roman reigns have gained nothing nothing from it like he should have been good after that performance against against Roman Reigns, or at least been. We should have should have kept you know the active you know wanting him to go on on his own. But 
they did nothing with that. They did yeah. nothing with Jey Uso. They did nothing with Cesaro versus Roman Reigns. They they continue to do nothing with having great competitive matches with top of the card guys. They don't. Hell, they know didn't how even follow. They didn't even follow up really on on Seth Rollins' loss at the Royal Rumble. They just moved on to the next thing. Nope. nope. People got all happy when Seth mentioned it in a promo <laughs> two six months ago. later. <laughs> And maybe they'll revisit that if Seth wins the money in the bank on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, because he is a, is a main eventer. But man, I, again, I look at the talent they got and I'm going to sit and I'm just like somebody brought up Liv Morgan again, another one of these talents that I'm like, when are you going to elevate their booking? I have already reached the point. And Safet says, I will always have faith in Liv Morgan. Uh, my faith is in Liv Morgan, the competitor, the person, the star, my faith in wwe creative to finally pull the trigger and elevate her booking is gone will not believe it until i see it they give her moments they give her little flashes she had a great couple matches against becky lynch nothing came out of it nothing came out of it had a had a a a money a, a wrestlemania match and then got dumped by rhea ripley immediately after that match was over never forget she was the most over person in last year's Money in the Bank. Did they reward her with the briefcase? No. What they reward her with? They took her off television for six weeks. My faith in WWE creative is not very high right now, SP3. It's just not. They have a lot of talent, but they just don't want to elevate the booking. And it's They give you no reason to. Nope. Although I want to believe that's what we try to do here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. We thank you guys for tuning in, everybody who uh, got into the chat. Uh, Chase saying, do you think Kevin Owens' brother is going to debut on SmackDown? That's a good question. I don't know. KO, are we going to get the third uh, Ezekiel brother? When is this match even going to happen? Because they said it's been rescheduled. It's supposed to be a Money in the Bank qualifier. Are they putting it on main events? Are they putting it on social media? Is it going to be on SmackDown? Or are we just going to put somebody hey, else? They don't care that? about the brand split anymore. Put it on SmackDown. They did say every Money in the Bank competitor is going to be on SmackDown mm -hmm. uh, this coming uh, this coming Friday. Money in the Bank's on Saturday. We'll be back Thursday morning, 7 a.m., talking about the fallout from Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts is on Wednesday. Myself and Jeremy Bennett, we will be back tomorrow talking about NXT. Yeah. What up, Kev? Yes, I'm I'm growing out my hair, Kev. What up? At least I have some hair, Kev. Anyway, we <laughs> sorry, that was an unnecessary shot. I can see the face that he's making right now. Uh, appreciate everybody who's uh tuning in today. Thank you so much. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.